Welcome to Conquering Dreams with the legendary motivational speaker, C.B. Baker. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here's C.B. Baker. Hi, welcome to Conquering Dreams. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, my first guest today, I've been knowing this man here for a little bit, yeah. you know, on the business side and the mentoring side of things. Um Ro, welcome to the show. Well, hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So, we got a lot, you got a lot going on. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, we're at the end of the year, going into uh, 2018, which, you know, we're entering the holiday season, which everybody loves. But yeah. business-wise, if you own a business and run a business, you know this is like a rough time of year because people mentally start checking out. But, with that being said, so tell me what you've been up to for the past couple of years. Man, um... Mentoring, of course, um, we've been doing a lot with mentoring. Uh, to start the school year, we did uh, a back-to-school sneaker drive. So we gave about 75 kids sneakers. We went to uh, Chesapeake Square Mall and did that. Um, mentoring every month, um, every week at, at some school. We're at, um, let's see, John, we're at uh, Kennedy Middle School, Hill Point Elementary School, Lakeland High School. Um, all year long with mentoring. So, you know, we're gearing up for 2018. Um, you know, we do our own program on the side of um, what we do with the school. We do that in the summertime. Let's see what else. We did a, um, a back-to-school breakfast with Lakeland. Yeah. So, um, you know, we sit down one-on-one with kids. I actually have three kids that I mentor, and one of those, he's already joined the, he's joined the Marines already. Okay. Um, and he's in the twelfth grade, so he's just basically waiting to graduate, and then he's going off to boot camp. So mentoring it takes up the majority of my time, but um, we just did the six year anniversary for drinking on Sunday. Um, that had like five hundred people there, and we have another event. Um, my birthday's tomorrow. I'm turning forty two. Okay, happy birthday! And early. Uh, we having a party Friday at Roger Brown. And then we have a New Year's Eve party at Roger Brown also. Okay. So, you know, trying to balance out everything. You know, I got something for the kids and then right, something for the right, adults. You right. know, all positive stuff. Right. So uh, tell me, how did you get into mentoring? <sighs> so I was doing these parties. I did maybe 50 parties, like um, probably 50 parties in one year. And one of my friends, Dominique Epps, um, he's a real estate agent. He um, contacted me and said he knew some people that um, wanted me to put together a, a mentoring breakfast. I was like, I don't know anything about mentoring, but right. I know about event planning. So I was right. like, I just approached it the same way. I put the same logic um, and drive behind a party behind the breakfast. So, you know, I was making flyers. I was, you know, everybody I ran into, hey, there's a mentorship breakfast on this day at this place. Right. And um, that day. Um, another guy came, which is L.A., um, L.A. Hill, and he actually has um, a mentoring program called Enlightened Minds, and we joined the program right after that. So had it not been for that breakfast, maybe I never would have became a mentor. Right. Um, and when I went to the breakfast, um, we talked to the kids. You know, I'm just shooting from the hip, you know, no real agenda or anything. And at that breakfast, there was a, a lady um, Crystal Artist. She was a uh, she's a teacher at Kennedy Middle School, and she mm-hmm. said, "Hey, we're having a career day. You, you would you mind coming to career day? I saw you talking to the kids. I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> right, you know, right. I go to career day, and a lot of people couldn't 
couldn't attend um, career day because it was like on a Tuesday or something. So after I walked around and did like my my sessions, they was like, hey, you were great. You mind staying and doing some more? Sure. Why right. not? Right. And from there, I contacted the um, the high school and I was like, hey, I want to come talk to the kids in high school because I went to Lakeland. Right. So that's why I wanted to start it with kids in my own community that, you know, I, I may know some of their parents or something along those lines. And when I went and talked to the principal there, she just gave me the green light to run the, the you know, help run the program with her. And she was like, you're the person I've been looking for. And, wow. you know, that's how I became a mentor. And this year I received an award um, for mentor of the year. Um, I got that, I want to say, in May. I also received a, um, an award for Father of the Year. Um, that would, I think that would have been about February, March time frame. So, you know, the accolades, they just they just came in. I also received an award for Parks and Recreation for um, community involvement with the youth. So, you know, who knows what would have happened if I wanted, you know, took right. that mentorship breakfast. That was a, that, that really made the difference in my life. So what what are you getting out of uh, doing a mentoring? I like to see um, the the troubled kids actually get an opportunity to talk to somebody who who um, who's become a success story. You know, I wasn't like a great student in school. I got into you know some trouble here and there. So I specifically like to talk to the kids that you know they're having some difficulty in school to let them know like hey you can still you can still make it you know but you're gonna have to buckle down you're gonna have to do the work everywhere you go you're gonna have rules there's authority everywhere yes. you know even even if even in the NFL there's somebody over top of them you know right. so there's always some authority figures that you're gonna have to answer to so that's what I try to um, tell the kids that you know respect authority and respect yourself and set some goals for yourself and, and try to accomplish them and just go from there so what's um do you do you have any success stories um I would say um the young man at Lakeland is uh, probably um one of my better success stories when going to the Marines yes yeah. because when I met him um the guidance counselor brought him to me maybe two years ago. And, um, you know, I sat down to talk to him, like, hey, what's going on? You know, he was, like, in some kind of trouble. Maybe he was in ASS or something like that. And since then, he's he's in the band. Um, again, he's joined, he's joined the Marines. Um, he came to our – he came to all our mentorship section, sessions um, in the summertime. Mm -hmm. So though we get kids – in school, you know, because we're going in, sometimes we're going in the classroom, sometimes we're you know, meeting them for breakfast or, you know, we're talking to them during lunchtime. He's actually took the initiative on his own to come to events that we're having like in August or before school starts um, in September. So he's really functioned well in the program all the way from the time that we started up until now. And he's an honor roll student now. Wow. That's good news. So, um that's why, you know, we, you know, we're really pushing him to like do, you know, bigger things. And ha what we really want to see is him come back and talk to the kids. Right. Like, hey, you know, these guys met me here, you know, that way, especially if he can come back next year, because some of those kids in high school, while he's he's in the 12th grade, you know, when he graduates, then they'll be coming up right behind him. And then they can see the, the entire process. And we're going to do bigger things with um, with him where, you know, we teach him about credit. Um 
saving finances, economical right. empowerment, because, you know, that's big in our community also. Because yeah, that's where I was going next was at, at the beginning, you were shooting from the hip. So now I imagine that you got everything more concise and got an agenda for each meeting yes, and, yes. and how the whole pro, uh, uh, process or curriculum for the mentorship. So can you dive a little bit into that? Um, L.A. lets, um, lets us... Uh, speak to the kids. We When we're at elementary school, we use a Dr. Covey's um, program. When we go to middle school, we talk to the kids about appropriate behavior, appropriate action. Are you talking action. about Dr. Steve Covey? Yes. Stephen Covey? Oh, yeah. yeah. Very so, familiar with Steve yeah. Covey. So um, we talk to the kids about those things in elementary school. In middle school, we talk to them about um, appropriate action, appropriate behavior. Um, we call it the straight A's. Mm -hmm. So that's what we um, generally talk to them about and I like to do practical exercises with all the kids. So my last session, I put one chair in the front of the class and I put all the rest of the chairs behind this one chair. And I, I, I said, we're gonna see which child wants to step up. Now the thing is, each time a kid comes in, I'm telling them, hey, sit wherever you wanna sit. They sit down and no child in four sessions chose the seat in the front. Mm -hmm. The seat in the front had money in it. Right. I put some money in there earlier. And every time one kid would come in, I would let him know why I would ask him, why didn't you choose a seat in the front? Because it's closest to me. Right. right? And they'll give me a reason like, uh, you know, I don't know. Or by the time the third or fourth student came in, the other two already know that there's money in the seat, but they can't tell the other student that there right. is money in it. So right. then he'll sit down. I'd be like, well, why did you sit there? Because my homeboy's sitting here. Right. So nobody wants to step up. So we're trying to teach them to be leaders, you know, like somebody has to be the leader. Right. So our next session, I'm going to put all the chairs in one row and see will anybody, I'm going to put money in all of the chairs and I'm going to see will anybody just move their chair on their own to the front or will they just, you know, continue to do what they've always done. These right. are seventh and eighth graders. Right. But, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that about the people sitting up front. I was thinking the other day, as like. I went to a conference and everybody went, came into the conference. It hadn't started yet, but everybody was sitting in the back. Mm -hmm. Hardly anybody would sit up front. Mm -hmm. And I used to think it was a black thing because we've been so conditioned to always sit in the back. Mm -hmm. But at this conference I went to, there was black and white people there, even and the white folks were sitting in the back as well. So <laughs> I was just sitting there like, so why, why are we conditioned to always sit towards the middle or the back? Mm -hmm. But then what's funny, if you was to go to a Jay-Z concert or a Beyonce, it's going to be about $1,500 to sit, sit in, in the, the front. front. In the front. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's premium to sit up front and we'll pay for it, but we won't do it when it's free. It's, it's very interesting mm -hmm. how the mind works in that aspect. Yeah, it, yeah. And I never even thought about it the way that you just said it. Like, if it's a concert, basketball game, right. like, oh, I'm trying to get as close as I can to the front. Right. Yo, $350, $1,000, I want to be on the floor. Right? right. But if it's something like, you know, depending on the setting, seminars, conference, classroom, you know, um, and that's, I have my own, I have my own children. I have three kids. Um, and I tell them the same thing, like, you know, you, you got to lead from the front. We need more leaders. It's, it's way more followers. It's easy to follow. It's easy to just do what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, we're not here to be average. You know? Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's tough to, to be, especially to be the one that bust through the wall first. Because mm -hmm. they're they the ones that get hurt the most. <laughs> you know, so. The Kaepernick's. You know, right. You know, when you're when you're the one going through the, going through it, and then it's, it's 
and people tend to not give you the praise mm-hmm. in the beginning. It always comes at the end after everything is everybody's gotten through the gotten through the hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. And everybody's through. Then that's when years later, like, you know, Mr. Kaepernick, they'll say, hey, man, look what he did. Because he did the same thing with Muhammad Ali. Exactly. You know, same thing with Martin Luther King. After, mm-hmm. their, you know, their, their time and their promise passing gone, that's when they say, oh, they did such a great job. But in the, in the meantime, they was catching pure hell. Yep. You know, so that's just one thing that uh, that I noticed about that. So, but even as adults, we don't, do that. So how are you able to, what, what things are you using or techniques are you using to um, get kids to get to that, that level? You know, we, we use a reward system where, you know, everything we're doing, we're, we're telling the kids that, that they need to listen to what we're saying because, you know, it pays to pay attention. Right. You know, so there's always some financial, you know, gain for them if they know the answers to the questions or if they, if some child would have stepped up. So there was, um, a book and we gave the kids a choice between to get money. We asked them, would you rather wash a car or read this book? Only uh, maybe five kids said that they would want to read the book. Right. Mm -hmm. But only one of those five said, can I have the book? He's the one that got the money. Right. Because he showed the initiative. It's one thing to say, oh, I want to do it. Right. But how you didn't ask for the book. Right. You didn't, you didn't say, let me get the book. I will bring, you know, let me get the book, open up, opening up the door for that opportunity. Right. And once he said, let me get the book, we were like, you're the one, you know, because you're looking for, the, you know, those people that are going to step up because that's how leadership is. You know, somebody who's a leader was once a follower who just decided, you know what, I can be in the front or I want to do more for, you know, my community, my family, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's in anything, life, sports. Anything. That's how you become the leader by doing something that everybody else isn't doing, either because they're afraid to do it or they they don't want to do it. You know, right. some people are just lazy, like they have the talent and the ability, but they won't act on it. Right. Because and a lot of times what I've saw what I've seen is they're lazy, but when they actually put the when they go do it, it's so easy to them. So they're like, well, I, you know. They just sit back down. So you mm-hmm. got to say, okay, now I got to give them something more challenging because if they're in um, fifth grade, but maybe mentally and physically they're on the eighth grade level, mm-hmm. you know, we, I mean, we've seen like clips all the time on the internet of a, a kid playing football or basketball. <laughs> and he's like way above his, you know, his um, age range. Mm-hmm. So you got to put them in a higher age range. Yep, you have to, you know, it's mandatory because He's going to punish everybody else at his level. <laughs> right. So you, you need to put him with somebody on his level to actually be able to really get him to get his skills as sharp as they need to be. Like, I don't think LeBron gets better by going play with, you know, nine people at the YMCA. No. You know, he has to go play with people on his level right. to, to stay sharp. I Which, mean, no, 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 no shot at the YMCA. Maybe he's some great player. <laughs> thing. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, the funny thing is, with, with, like with LeBron, even him at his high level, it's going to be even hard for him to find people that could be able to compete against him. Yeah. You know, he's got to get on the phone. He's got to call KD up. He's got yeah. to call Chris Paul. It's like, look, I got to get, look, look, we all can make each other better. You know, so you already know in the off season, during the season, they're fake enemies. Yeah. But then it, the off season, they're actually training together because they got to get each other better. Because yeah. like you said, you can't just go 
play against some scrubs, even yeah. in the NBA, and get better. Yeah. If you're going to be at the top, top, you know, echelon, cream of the uh, cream of the cream, then you have to really stretch stretch yourself to be able to get better. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. So, um, now you know, I always. I deal with more adults than I do with kids, okay. but it's just still the same type of um, leadership and and mentorship thing. So, when you, what type of reaction do you feel when you see the breakthrough? Um, I kind of, I kind of just go home and I just, I soak it up. Yeah. Like you know, mentoring for me, I do, like I said, I do, I do parties and I do. Mentoring, and there's like this, this all you know, this feeling of happiness, like you know, like I did it, you know, like every time I I get ready to do a mentoring event, I get up for it, you know, like I'm I'm prepared and I have my I have my thoughts collected, I'm I'm ready for the kids, you know, I, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. So um, when it's over, it's like oh my, yeah, you kind of like almost want to have an after party, you right. know, like you know, it's that feeling of I, I don't want to go home yet. Right. You know, I just want to, I want to stay out here. Like it might be, you know, some sessions end at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Like where, where, what else is it to do? You know right. what I mean? Right. Where, where are we going next? Because you, you know that you've done something great. You've impacted some lives. And, um, when you see those kids, um, later on in life, cause I've been doing this for a couple of years now. So, you know, I see kids like at sporting events or, you know, I just might see them in the store. Hey, you know what you got going on? You know, some of them are working or, I saw one guy, I went to pick up something and he was in the back like, you know, yeah. like, hey, how you doing? Like, hey, you know, it, it just does your heart so good. And you just you just happy with um with seeing somebody else do better. Um, hopefully off of some information that you gave them. Yeah. And I've, I've had that, too, when I spoke with some kids and, and things. And also with adults, what I found with me is. Mine doesn't come until a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. I may get like a, te- a random text message or a message on Facebook. Hey, CB, um, we had that conversation and everything you said was right. Or, wow, I didn't see it then, by now I see it now. Mm-hmm. And I just like, you know, that's my aha moment. Yeah. The issues that I usually have with <laughs> with adults is is two years. You know, a year and a half to two years before I see or get a response back. Oh, the aha moment. Where yeah. with kids, you usually could get it like within weeks if you're able to really, if you're able to get the parents involved, mm-hmm. it happens pretty pretty fast. Yeah. You know, now I'm going to bridge over to the parents. So how do you incorporate the parents into this um, mentorship? Um, depending on uh, um, the situation, um, it could be case by case. So some students I have, their parents have contacted me and said, Hey, can you mentor my can you mentor my son? Um and sometimes at school somebody may bring me a child, like a guidance counselor or a principal, and then I have to get the parent to fill out a form saying, you know, that I'm authorized to, you know, talk to their kid, whether it be in school or out of school. Um and I always ask the you know, the parent what are they seeing in their child? Because a lot of times, you know, the child at home may not be the same as they are at school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it may be at home like, hey, he doesn't listen or um, 
he won't finish his homework. And at school, it may be he talks all the time, you know, so you listen to what the, what you're hearing is the problem. And then you just try to work on it. So I, then I just talk to the kid about well, what's going on, because mm-hmm. now I have what the parents say it. Right. I have what the teacher have said or the person that brought them to me. And then I have, OK, the, the actual child. And um, a lot of times you find that there's something that, you know, the kid has going on that neither one of the, the, the school or the um, the parent may not know about. It right. could be a girl, you know what I mean? It could be like, I you know, somebody messing with me in science class that I don't like, you know, that could throw a child's whole day off. Yeah. You know, one class around somebody who they, who they don't like, that could throw their vibe off and, you know, they're not, you know, doing their best because they're still in that situation, you know, with that person that um, that may be bothering them or somebody, you know, might go through a heartbreak, you know. Right. And I just try to let the kids know, like, you know, you're not really going through anything that most of us haven't already been through. If I haven't been through it, Dominique, L.A., Doc, Monte, one of us have been through it, right. you know. So uh, collectively, um, I listen to the kid, you know, they tell me what the problem is, and then I go from there to coming up with, you know, what— what some of the solutions could be because it's not really about um, the problem. It's about working on what the solution to the problem should be. So giving them a direction. Right. So they don't feel like it's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to, um, when I spoke in Franklin, Mm -hmm. a couple of kids had mentioned that. And I said, you know, shouldn't nobody else control the way you feel? Mm -hmm. You know, so especially if you really don't know them like that. So let them be them. You know, you come there to, to get education mm-hmm. and, and then also have fun with your friends. If that's not your friends, so why you should, why are you even worried about it? Yeah. Stay you know? away from anything right. to give you bad vibes. Right. Um, you know, the thing about the, the, these kids now, um, and I'm sure you understand this too, they, um, they have the internet and social media. Something yeah. that we didn't have. Right. So I couldn't really beef with somebody that wasn't around right. before. You right. know, like now they can go back and forth with somebody that they may have never even met or seen. Like, That's crazy. Like when you really think about it. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Like, how can you be angry at somebody that you have never interacted with except for over the internet? Like somebody yeah. can make you so mad that like, yo, I'm gonna tell them where I'm at so we can fight. Really? Because I, if I was going to fight somebody in my day, I definitely wasn't going to tell you where I was. Right. We was going to have to run into each other at random. Right. You know, I wasn't going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm at my house. Here go my address. I'm not sending you my location so you can know where I'm at the rest of my life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or jeopardize my parents' you know, house at the time. But these kids, now they'll do it. You know, they'll tell you, pull up at my Pull up. They'll do it. You it's, know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy. The yeah. whole, and I was going to ask you... Um, how is technology affecting your your ability to to, to mentor? You know, it's it's a positive and a negative. Like I can reach most of the kids that I, I need to speak to relatively fast because mm-hmm. of social media. Some of them follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, if anybody's listening, everything is uh, drinking on Sunday. Um, but the the downside to it is that they can interact with people that you know they don't like. You know, or they can go find the person that they don't like and they can, um, you know, basically start start a beef or, you know, somebody can at them and bring them into a beef. Right. You know, and it's like that's not how it should be. You know, um, you can use um, the Internet to become a powerful success story or you can use it to beef with people. You know, now, the question I'm about to ask, it might be a little bit more technical and above our pay grade, so to speak. Okay. But I always wonder 
why is cyberbullying an actual thing when the person is not, like you just said, they're yeah. not there. Like yeah. I can literally, I have the ability to turn the item off, off. you know? Yeah, like, you know? I don't have to deal with this. Yeah. But I think, you know, um, and I have noticed a lot of um, things that you see in kids on the internet is some things that you see in adults. Like, well, two adults are actually beef. Now it won't be, you know, I, I won't suspect that it would be somebody like, I'm about to be 42. Like people that are in their forties, I don't think they're necessarily going to really be jumping into it. But if you're about 25 or maybe 19, about 25, you're probably internet beef with somebody. Yeah. You know, like a lot of the new rappers, that's what they do. Yeah. They internet beef. And then they run into each other like, Oh yeah, I saw such and such. And right. you know, because everybody, every the world is much more connected now than what it was before. Yeah. Um, you know, with going live and location data and all of that. So, it's just, it's a positive and a negative when it comes to dealing with the kids. Um, it's great to be able to interact with them, um, you know, really quick. That way I can keep up with them over the summer. Um, I could just see how they're doing. But the downside is that, you know, so much can happen to them um, over the summer, you know, by beefing with other people that they don't even know. Yeah. You know, I mean, they beefing with people in New York. Like, are you going to New York to, to fight with this guy? Because he done, here's what I don't like. This is this is kind of goes along with cyberbullying. Somebody can not like your idea or product, and that doesn't make that person a hater. Right. This new generation makes it like if you don't like what I do, you're a hater. Right. You know what I mean? But that's not true. I don't like country music. I don't hate it though. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just that that's not my thing. Right. You know what I mean? If I don't watch hockey, it doesn't mean that I hate hockey. I'm right. not a hockey hater. You know right. what I'm saying? And it, it's just like some people don't like dogs. It doesn't mean that they hate dogs. Right. But this generation seems to think if you don't like what I'm doing, you don't like my bracelet or the shirt that I'm wearing, you are you're officially a hater, 100%, not 99.9. Right. You are official hater. And that's where um, you know, the Internet really, you know, it drives these kids crazy because somebody may dislike something. Oh, now I got to be for him because you dislike yeah. Uh, you know what I what I just said or what I'm doing or you know and you put an angry face under my post you know what, I mean? who, what was that for like the angry faces to be used when the person wants to use it you don't even control if, if what what somebody's gonna do you right. control your response so that's what you need to master how are you gonna respond to the situation because you can just unclick right. unfollow right. delete or just move on oh you know but what's crazy about that though Ro is that comes with a level of maturity that we think comes in around 18, 19 years mm -hmm. old. But we're starting to find out through technology that there's some like, you know, unfortunately, 40, 50 year old people that don't that don't have it. Mm -hmm. You know, they won't hit the unfollow or the unfriend. They'll feed into it mm -hmm. because, you know, unfortunately, drama is sexy. And in whatever sexy is going to sell, it's what's going to pull you in. And that's what people love. You know, you know, all you got to do is turn on the TV. Yeah. And especially with what, uh, you know, I'm getting my soapbox with with black people on TV. It's everything is drama related. Yeah. You know, and negative related. I was know. trying to figure out um, maybe black is the most positive, positive black show. show. Yeah. Like then I was trying to think of. Like how many negative shows, or not just negative, they they depict a negative portrayal of black people on television versus blackish. Right. You know? 
And like there's way more. And then like some of the other shows that maybe could empower people got canceled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or shows that were doing well for, you know, the black community still didn't make the cut. So yeah. it just makes you wonder, like, what do they want us to see? Which, you know, part of it is, you know, the people that are acting or, you know, living their lives, you know, they're, they're paid to do that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then the other part is at the higher level, there's somebody who has to be pulling the string saying, this is what I want them to. This is what, you know. They want to see, so we're gonna give them more of this, you know. Right. And thankfully, Black is still making the cut every year yeah. to, um, you know, be out here for us to see because, you know, there's not a, another Cosby show that I see where, you know, there's just like a family structure, right? You know, and when you like when I go into these schools, a lot of these kids are not from like the family structure. They're not from like the Huxtable, you know, like family. Like, hey, somebody's a doctor, somebody's a lawyer. You got like somebody who like they mom might, you know, be making a small amount of money. The father may be absent. It may just be getting child support, you know, here and there. So that's right. a completely different dynamic than what you're seeing, um, you know, as these kids grow up and you're looking at it like, I want them to see something positive because if you watch TV, all you got is blackish, you right. know, which shows, you know, a husband and a wife and some of these other shows like, yeah, we're together, but he cheating, you know, right. he got a baby, right. you know, right. and it's like both of these worlds exist. You know, there's, there's, um, the, the mother and father or husband and wife structure. And then there's the, the uh, essentially they call it the broken home, you know, right. the, the broken home structure, which nobody really wants to be from a broken home. You know, right. most kids want to see both of their parents. And I think when um, you don't have both parents, the child doesn't equally get to know who they are, you know, like they may do something. And if depending on how well the mother knew the father, she may not know why he's doing that. Right. It may be something that the father did when he was 10 years right. old. But if you only knew him for a short amount of time, you won't even know like, oh, he, he doing it because his daddy did it. But if if you've known him for a long time or you're in a relationship long term, you can know like, hey, sit down. You know, your daddy had that same problem. I'm going to get him. A, you know, he can come downstairs and talk to you versus we got to call him on the phone. Right. You know, and then he don't answer or whatever. There's just so many different dynamics in our community that affect, you know, the education, the, you know, you, you got, you know, so many kids going to jail, you got referrals, you know, um, it's just, it's crazy how the system, you know, is set up for you to, you know, almost fail if you follow a certain path. Yes. You know, like if you follow a certain path, like, yo, you know, you're probably going to go to jail or not reach, reach your full potential. And right. it's hard to make it, you know, as a black man in America, you know, already. But right. when you start incorporating referrals, you know, broken home, you know, no father around, you know, growing up poor, you know, the deck start getting stacked against you. Right. So you have to work 10 times harder to to achieve the same thing than somebody else who had a mom and dad, you know, um, who had some good guidance along the way. Uh, who knows their self because knowing yourself is probably more important than anything yeah. else. You yeah. know, that's why I think um, people who um, may have money or get rich, if they don't really know they self or understand they self, they still won't be happy. Right. You yeah, know, right. happiness is not based on, you know, what's in your bank account. It's based on what's in your heart. Yeah. That's, you know, that's my own thought. You know, I, I can't document that. Any, you know, <laughs> like I don't have no degrees or anything, right. but you know, that's the way I feel. Like it's not about, it's not about the money. You know, it can be for a little while, but then, okay, you have the money. 
what's next. Yeah. So why do you think for the black community, because you stated that we can't just, we get in our own, in our own way, mm-hmm. you know? So if we know a deck is stacked against black men and we pretty much know the solutions of what we can do, mm-hmm. you know, ourselves, not the system, mm-hmm. what we could do ourselves. Why don't you think we just do it? Because there's too many followers. The same thing that happens in the classroom where people want to, some people want to step up, but they won't because they don't really know the reason behind it. And it could be, hey, I don't really know myself yet, so I'm not ready to step up. I mean, I wasn't always, you know, a mentor. I wasn't always like the leader that I am today. I wasn't as outspoken as I was, uh, as I am now before. You know, mm-hmm. so it just sometimes it takes, you know, time for you to, you know, reach a level where you feel like, OK, I can go out here and I can I can help people, you know. Um, but as a whole, um, I feel like in order for us to to be able to step up, we have to all know what the what the goal is first. Like, uh, what are we trying to achieve? You know, right. and if for me, it's always economical empowerment. Right. Because um, the economics, you know, if we don't have. If we don't have money to go behind the things that we're trying to do, then I mean, this America, man, money, money run this country. Right. You know, like all the politicians, most of those politicians, the people in Congress are, you know, at least millionaires. Right. You know, so if your money doesn't mean a lot, your vote doesn't mean a lot, which your voice doesn't mean a lot. You know, so there's not a lot of black people in, in Congress. You know, we make up a small percentage of the people that are actually allowed to vote. And then out of that percentage, some of those, you know. Had, are, are actually rich, right. right? So they may not know the same struggle as somebody who came up and who wasn't. Right. So they may represent a different interest when it comes to you know making a vote. So it's having unity. Um, you know, I, I say it starts like in, in your own backyard. You know, in your own community, maybe with the school, and then we can grow new leaders. We can grow new leaders through going back talking to kids. Um, I was in I was in the navy. I was a right. chief in the Navy. And they used to always say, if you don't have this person, you're going to have to grow that person. So if you don't have an E5, you're going to have to get one of these guys promoted to make him an E5. And then you'll turn him into the leader that you need him to be. Right. So that's what I try to do, um, you know, with, with kids. With adults, it's a little, little bit different um, because everybody's personality is much stronger, you know, when you're, when, you're, um, when you're an adult. And everybody may have different agendas. So what we have to do is get people who are, have the same goals in mind. And once we get those people together, we push those, you know, as, as far as we can, as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just continue and then go back. All right, so we got that done. Let's go back and, you know, get some more kids because while this group is going, there's another group that's growing up, you know, that are, you know, maybe in 10th, 11th, 12th grade, they're becoming young adults. And we have to go and shape their thoughts. You know, it's not just about this, um, that classroom education, you know, because school is going to stop. There probably won't be any more tests. It's going to be like real life decision making that's going to affect you. You know, you go from getting an A and B to getting a credit score, (laughs) you know, from 350 to 850. Right. So now I know because you're real big on the financial aspect of things. Mm -hmm. So how old are you teaching? um, How old are the kids when you start teaching them the financial aspects of stuff? Um, Depends on where they're at at first. You know, I, I just try to see what their attitude is and what their goals are. Most kids want to be athletes. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> or rappers. Yeah. yeah. Athletes or rappers, which I think that's a byproduct of what they see on, on television. TV. Yeah. Right. Goes right. back to what, right. Like, no, like when the Huxley was, was around, I'm sure a lot of kids wanted to go to Hillman, even right. though it wasn't even a real school. Right. Like, because you don't know yet because you're a, you're a child. Right. Right. So most of these kids want to be um, athletes. Specifically, most of them want to be football players. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I write on the board, like, you know, how many kids, you know, how many um, high schools there are in America? How many kids are playing football? How many got scholarships? How many me, how many open spots are there in the NFL? And then I'm saying, I circle that number and I say, this is how many job opportunities are available for everybody in the United States for this particular job. Not only that, it depends on what your position is. Right. You know, because there's always less quarterbacks right. than, you know, other positions. So I'm telling, you know, the kids to look at that. And then I'm thinking, OK, even if you achieve your goal, what else are you going to do? How how are you going to um, achieve your financial goals? Because none of you talked about the money that's involved. You right. talked about reaching the goal, but you didn't talk about, well, every athlete doesn't get paid the same amount of money. That's right. You know, the the, the, um, the Peyton Manning makes way more than, you know, the third stringer. You right. know, so let's say you're the third string guy. How are you going to um, see more income? You know, and that's why I say you first have to get them to think about what they're um, what their goal is. And then you start talking about, you know, how are you going to get there? And even if you make it there, what are you going to do financially? You know, um, a lot of kids, they want the, they want the, the goal, but they don't want the, the, the sacrifice, you know? Right. A lot of them are like, so which one of you guys are getting up at five o'clock in the morning to to, to work out? Yeah. You know, how many, can anybody in here do about a hundred pushups? You know what I mean? What's the speed in running the 40? Right. You know what I mean? Because you can really tell who wants it and who doesn't want it. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I always use examples of like, if you really want it, it's going to show up somewhere in your life. You know, you can't just raise your hand because it sounds good. You know, the other five people say, right. I want to be an athlete. But we can tell, mm-hmm. you know, we can tell if you if you really want it, especially me. Like I have a like I have a good sense of if you want it or not. You know what I mean? Because I could just be like, you know, you don't want it. You know how many people tell me they want to join the military when I go to high school? I was in the Navy 20 years, retired. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, you don't really want to join. You yeah. don't even sound serious. You know right. what I mean? It sound like a good answer. Right. And I tell kids, don't tell me the good answer. Tell right. me the truth. Yeah. Because they not, a lot of times they're not the same thing. You know, your, your answer sounds great. Oh, I'm going to join the military. You took the ASVAB test. How fast is your mile and a half? How many push-ups can you do? Right. You know what I mean? You've been to the recruiting station. They come here on these days. Oh, but miraculously, you haven't seen them. Right. You know what I mean? So I just talked to them about that. And the economic piece is so important because we have to be economically sound. We, Our voice is much more louder when um, there's finances behind it. You know, because all these lobbyists and, and things like that for, um, you know, politicians, it's about the money. Yeah. It's a, it's about the money. And if, if we don't get that through our head um, or we continue to be, you know, the the major consumers, then, you know, we're going to we're going to lose. We're going to lose a lot of ground in a race that we should be, you know, by now we should be starting to catch up with somebody. You know? Some, right. You know what I mean? Right. Instead, we run a race where we get a little bit ahead and then we talk trash 
to the people that we was, we was just with. Right. You know, and yeah. kind of music does that. Like, right. yo, you know what? I You see me with a phantom or the this or that. I, I got a house now. Like, it's okay to have all of those things. You're actually supposed to have those. Right. You know right. what I mean? That should be normal. It shouldn't be the exception. Right. Yeah, I was sitting there, I was talking to my wife about this uh, Da Vinci painting that sold for oh, yeah. $450 million. Yeah. And I was sitting there saying, that should tell you how much money in, is out there. Yeah. Somebody bought a painting for $450 million. Mm-hmm. So, and then you hear like the Jay-Z or, or Diddy, they're worth $500 million. This one guy bought a painting for $450 million. So, we, you know, you be around, we're around here struggling to make ends meet mm-hmm. or trying to get this, you know, nice car. That's pennies compared to what people actually got out there. Yep. And we have been painted this picture of, I always feel like the black community or the middle class, I should say, let's go beyond the black community. The middle mm-hmm. class is underneath this bubble and this cloud of this is okay. This is fine. Mm-hmm. But but until you, like, I, I, I like to tell people, like, like Wonder Woman on an island, the mm-hmm. Amazon island, yeah. you know, it's like when you get past the clouds and you see this whole different aspect. And I said, when you're able to go to, like, uh, West Palm Beach, Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. um, down to Fort Lauderdale, you go down to South Beach and see some of the houses, the people, the people they're people just like you and me, yep. you know. And someone caught breaks, someone made better decisions, someone had better opportunities, but they're still people. Mm-hmm. But we as middle class get stuck in, you know what, everything is fine. You know, I can go down here to this auto zone, put oil in my car and get it to run. It shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even have a car. You know, you should be able to just call a guy and it come pick you up and drive you somewhere mm-hmm. because you create the job doing that. Yep. You know, or putting money to a business or the guy that's running that business as a car service. Yep. You know, but we don't think along those lines because we get we're happy with the car notes and having the the, the things and and creating more debt. Where other people, um, some people will talk about how to use debt. To get more wealth, mm-hmm. you know, knowing how to play the game, so to speak. Yeah. It's just weird how everything we do is just, is just like a revolving door. Yeah. You know, and um, I was at a thing at a trap paint night. Okay. And it was a painting sitting right over there. And it was $100. You could put either um, $100 or a million dollars, whatever. And you paint a number in the dollar bill that, you, that the person was holding their mouth. I put $1. And everybody was like, why you put $1? Why, you know, why didn't you pick $100 million or, you know, $100? I guess I said because the $1 is the same amount as the $100 to a person that's super rich. It's mm-hmm. nothing. It's mm-hmm. pennies. So, you know, I could put $100 million up here. And we just got through talking about a painting that sold for four hundred and. Fifty million. That's not me saying that. Yes, I would love to win the lottery for a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. right now. I would be ecstatic. I would be doing cartwheels down the street. But realistically, there's people out there with four point five billion dollars, and you know that they're worth. Mm-hmm. When you really sit and think about that, like if I was to give you row and say. I'm going to give you $4 billion, bro. But here's the thing, like uh, Bruce's Millions. If you remember that movie? Yeah, he had to spend all the money. But you got you got to spend, you can't spend none of the money on yourself, you know, and you got to spend all the money. Just imagine what you would do with that. 
It's crazy. Right. It's you wouldn't crazy. be able to spend it. You would. You would like you would spend your whole lifetime. Uh, you buy it like, okay, you could buy a house, you could do this, that, just that and other, right? But then when it's time to get the rest of the money away, you wouldn't be able to spend it all. Cause it would just be frivolous if you tried to. But there's people out there that have that type of money, you know. I was um talking to the kids one day, right? About two different things. First, I was talking to them about um who is Dan Gilbert, right? No kid knew, right? right? And I said, now, which one of you guys know who LeBron is? Everybody knows LeBron. <laughs> right. So then I go on to tell them, okay, Dan Gilbert owns the team that LeBron pays for. He cuts the check for LeBron. So though LeBron is... You know he's you know he he's rich. He has his money or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's getting his he's getting his money from this guy. Right. But you don't know who this guy is. Like you kind of know the middleman. You don't even know the guy at the top. Right. The other thing is for the black community. I always say Oprah. Well, you know Oprah is the the richest black person. Right. She got like maybe five or six billion something around there. She's about sixty something years old. She had to go to school, get a degree, work in journalism. You know. Be on TV, start her own station before she, you know, got to this point. And then you have Mark Zuckerberg, who started Facebook, dropped out of college, worth fifty-five billion dollars. Right. You look at the disparity, you know, the distance between these two people. You're talking about the top for black people, and this dude is only like thirty. He may, I think he's like maybe thirty-four, thirty-five. He's he's in his thirties. Right. He's thirty years younger than her, but he is. $55 billion. She has like five. And she had to really bust her ass to get that money. Right. She had to work her whole life. You talking about a kid that dropped out. Right. It just shows you how, like, we have to work 10 times harder to, you know, to get to Oprah level, you know, because right. she's our top. Right. You know, she's our top. You know, she's number one. Then I think Jordan is next. And look what he had to do. Right. You know, he had to sell sneakers. He been, you know, he got to put the restaurants out every year, you know, right. get, get his own brand. He got to get voted in by the other owners to be able to own a team. All these things, endorsements, advertisements to get to his point. And then you have this dude that's 55, that's 55, you know, billion dollars. That's, you know, half Jordan's age. <laughs> right. Know? It's it's crazy. Then the reality of it is that's where the economic part come in. At. Like you can see how much harder we have to work to at least be economically sound. Like a lot of things that that I found out and you know about credit and about just managing your money. Um, my parents didn't know, not because they weren't smart people. You know, they just didn't know. Right. A lot of times, the info, like you know, back in the day, you probably found out that you didn't get approved for something um, for credit, and just went home and were like, hey, they said I couldn't get it. Right. You didn't know why. You didn't check your credit report. Like, hey, they just told you no. You right. probably didn't even know your score. You just like, hey, they told me no, I couldn't get a two thousand dollar car. Right. You know. But now there's so much information that's available on the internet. The internet is, is your best friend and your worst enemy. You could waste your life up here. You could, you know, you could build your life up here. You know, there's there's so much more information, but it still has to be executed. Right. If if you you know, the information is free. Most of the stuff that I learned, I, I learned off of YouTube. Yeah. You know? YouTube is a is, is a <laughs> wonderful tool, with, especially when you're uh, learning something new. Yeah. You know, I, I tell I tell people all the time, it's like, man, if you don't know something, first you know, you go to Google or type the question in there. Mm-hmm. And if you can't find it in there, go to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And type the question in there, and just maybe it'll pop up. Yeah, 
It might be somebody out there with a video. It may be like five people that have looked at it, but it's the information that, that you, you need. need. I have I have yet to find uh, a time that I needed to find something like my MacBook. I it, it wouldn't start the other day, right? And I just I, I just got on my phone and I found out what was wrong yeah. and I fixed it, you know, yeah. like without having to take it to the Apple Store or anything. Like yo, do this, do that, and it made it come on. I went in and changed some things, just like that. It came back on. Yeah. But had I not had the internet, you know, right. or um, some way to just you know ask that question because. The, like I said, the world is much smaller now, and it's easier to find out what you need to know than it was before. So at this point, there's really no excuse except for executing and yeah. building more leaders. Yeah. And the one thing that's really funny, too, is that a lot of times people make money to be able to tell you how to fix the computer. Mm-hmm. But now people are giving it away for free. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, most people really want to help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we've talked uh, on the show about the negative, the negativeness of people in general, the internet, you know, things like, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you really look at the flip side of the coin, there's a lot of things out there that people do give for free, the very generous giving. And, and this one guy uh, named Dr. Harris who tell me all the time, he would say, CB, so these people out here with all this information in their head, they want to get it out. So the, the, the question is, is are you going to ask them for the information? Just like the book. Right. Everybody got their hand up. Right. Who's going to say, let me have the book? Right. When the young boy said, let me have the book, that was like, you're the one. Yeah. You out of everybody that's, that's, that has been in here, you are the one that we know you're actually going to probably, you know, push yourself to, to go further, you know, faster than everybody else. Because you took the initiative to say, give me the book. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times, you know, it's plenty of information out here, you know, but I'm not just going to stop every person I meet and be like, hey, you want to know about your, you, <laughs> right. you know about your FICO? You know right. what I mean? Like, if, but if you ask me, I'm more than willing. I got time. I got more time than I got money. Right. <laughs> So right. I got all day to sit down and be like, hey, let's do this, 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 this. Uh, you know, um, let's talk about budgets and, you know, building up our community, you know. But, you know, it just, it's all about who wants it, you yeah. know. And if somebody doesn't want it, I don't force them to, you know, to want it. It's, it's, you know, this is a volunteer service here. <laughs> yeah. So um, if anybody's out there listening and they want their child or the school to get hooked up with you, how do they go about doing that? Um, they can contact me. Um, Directly, um, my telephone number is 757-394-6998. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, under the name Drinking on Sunday. Uh, Everything that's Drinking on Sunday related uh, comes directly to my phone. So if you just, you can Google it and I'll come up, my name will come up somewhere (laughs) with Drinking on Sunday. All right, so what what you got going on here in the near future that we all need to know about? Um. My birthday party is Friday uh, at um, Roger Brown. Um, New Year's Eve party at uh, Roger Brown. Um, we have a cooking show that's in development right now that'll probably be on in about uh, February or March. Um, we have home health care, premier home health care, um, located in Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, we have a nonprofit organization from from the bottom up, which is uh, is up and running. So um, be be on the lookout for that. All these are 2018 things that are you know in the pipeline, just working their way down. Okay. All right. So thank you so much, Ro, for joining us today. And this is your CB Baker. 
to next time.